It's another Sunday night in comedy, and with festival season just around the corner, we sit down with one of the newest troops making big moves in Toronto's sketch scene, the Dawn Valley Girls, and finding the funny in a world gone crazy with special guest comedian Charlie Demers. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Listening to an all new Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto, and of course, streaming everywhere where there's internet on the Global News Radio Network. Spring has sprung, festival and fringe season is just around the corner, and yes, it's happening this year. Comedy is booming in Toronto again, and I feel like there's a whole new crop of comics coming out, which we're going to get into. Toronto's sketch scene seems to really be blossoming again coming out of the pandemic. A lot of new troops, a lot of new shows. We've got new independent clubs and stages that have opened up in Toronto. Uh, Nothing Fancy is one that springs to mind right away. So we're going to get into all of that tonight. We got Vince Tedesco, our producer on the line. How are you doing, buddy? Like you did there, springs to mind, spring is in the air. Spring, right? It's the great fantastic tonight, Dino. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you know, last year, of course, we were mid pandemic and, you know, we were talking about how, yes, summer is usually festival and fringe season. The big one, of course, always being JFL, but last year they went digital and they sort of had to do this hybrid because we were always consistently mid lockdown. Uh, But here in Toronto, this is the time of year where sketch festivals are the big thing right around the corner sketch and fringe. So obviously a lot of venues like, the former Bad Dog, uh, Comedy Bar, Second City. A lot of stuff happens on the sketch scene in Toronto. This year, now that we are finally post-lockdown, it looks like a lot of this stuff is coming back full tilt. Uh, And there are some new troops that have formed somehow during all this craziness where stages were on pause. We have the Dawn Valley Girls joining us tonight, which is a new sketch troupe in Toronto. Uh, They kind of all came from different comedy and acting and theater backgrounds and put this thing together. So we're going to find out what they are all about, what this showcase is all about. And then, of course, a little later on in the show, we got special guest comic Charlie Demers, who uh, he gets into a lot of politics in his material. So, of course, that's a very interesting (laughs) viewpoint to have of the world right now. We're coming out of a pandemic. We're in the middle of a war. There's nonstop craziness always happening. So I'm, I'm curious to pick his brain on sort of where his material sits on all that right now. And, I mean... What's the limit, Vince, of where we can sort of find the funny and what's happening in the world? There's a lot of stuff that feels almost too big to tackle right now, but that's that's what great comedians come from, is being able to talk about that stuff in a way that nobody else can. So we're going to find out what the Dawn Valley girls have been up to, where we can find them live, and of course, what Jar- Charlie Demers has to say about all this. Brought to you, of course, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. Because finally, after two years of COVID plugs, live audiences are a thing again. You can perform comedy in front of actual human beings in a theater again. What a magic time to be alive. Of course, tonight on the panel, we are talking about how festival and fringe season is right around the corner. We're heading into spring now. Clubs are reopening. Live shows are reopening. Uh, And it looks like festival season is going to be actually a return to form this year with live shows. We don't have to go completely digital anymore. Uh, But of course, after the last couple of years, the comedy landscape in Toronto has 
changed quite a bit. We've seen a lot of heritage venues, unfortunately, shut down. We've also seen some new independent comedy clubs spring open and new sketch troops that have formed somehow in the middle of all this bananas world we've been living in. Uh, so tonight we are talking to the Dawn Valley Girls, which, by the way, I love that name so much. That is fantastic. Uh, we'll go around and grab a quick quick roll call here. We have Sarer. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thank you. We have Rabia. How are you? I am doing fantabulous. Andy Hong is with us. How are you doing, Andy? I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you. <laughs> Everyone's so positive now. <laughs> Always like that. The last two years of radio. And we have Fatima with us as well. How are you doing, Fatima? Good. My heart is beating. I'm here. <laughs> Good. Here's the thing. I mean, you know, we've obviously the last two seasons of this radio show. I mean, it's been a very different landscape in Canadian comedy. We talked to guests all over Canada, all over the U.S., the U.K., worldwide. Everybody was sort of in the same boat of, you know, our comedy scene is shut down and clubs are closed and then they reopen for five minutes and then we're in lockdown again. So a lot of comics really had to sort of pivot and figure out how to work within those within that framework. I mean, people were doing Zoom shows. I mean, for sketch and improv comics, not that there's necessarily been a silver lining to any of this, but at least, you know, you could put out sketch content and you could put out videos and reach out to your audience in that way. Dawn Valley Girls, though, I mean, you formed during such a bizarre time to really do something new and come out of the gate during a time when so much stuff was on pause. And I love, I love the background of this troupe because a lot of times when we've talked to sketch groups over the years, I mean, it's sort of the, the usual story as well. We all met at, you know, Second City Conservatory and we liked writing with each other and that was it. And we just sort of launched this thing and that was it. Or we talked to Tall Boys a few weeks ago and same thing. They were like, well, we always played at this, at the SoCap together and we like each other and now it's a TV show. For you, you all came from such specific corners of sketch, improv, acting, theater, television. How, how did Dawn Valley Girls come together in the first place? I'll really throw that to anybody on the panel here. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe I can uh, get things started. But um, uh, honestly, like like a lot of uh, great projects, it started with a specific grant in mind that we wanted to apply for uh, to to make our own um, sketch show. And so, you know, it was a couple of weeks before the grant deadline and we were just like, hey, you know, we we knew each other um, or at least one person knew another person. And then we're like, OK, I think like the five of us um, could come together. And this was actually all the way back in 2019. And then um, we ended up getting the grant and we're like, oh, oh no, we have to put on the, we have to put on this show and get everything together. Um, and then it was kind of uh, off to the races. Yeah. 2019, uh, simpler times. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the interesting thing is, I mean, obviously the last two years, that's the elephant in the room. We're almost at this point, we're like, okay, we're done. We've talked about that for two years, but obviously that changed the Toronto comedy landscape a lot, but in general, it's a very different scene right now than it was pre COVID. We've seen a, a lot of places didn't bounce back obviously, but we've also seen new space. I mean, I always go to nothing fancy as sort of this little independent comedy club that opened during this comedy bar turned 10 years old and opened up a second venue. Second city is moving to a new home. The corner comedy club has moved to a new home. So we've also seen a lot of the comics because Toronto was always sort of this place where stand-ups and sketch performers would come here from whatever their scene was. They come from Halifax, Calgary, Ottawa, wherever. And they just sort of come to Toronto because that's where you would end up. And that's a lot of our scene was really made up of comics from elsewhere 
just sort of using this as a launch pad. But I mean, now if we look at comedy coming out of the pandemic, a lot of those standups who were sort of at the top of the scene here, they're gone. They kind of moved back to their home scenes or went to the States. A lot of them are in LA and New York now. Uh, a lot of those places have closed. So Toronto comedy is kind of, it's sort of a new generation of performers right now that are really putting a new face on comedy. And I think what's interesting about your troupe is you really speak to what Toronto is as a city. I mean, you're, you're, you all come from different backgrounds. You reach out to, you know, Toronto is largely a 20 something, 30 something city. And a lot of your material, you're talking about this stuff that relates to that audience, relates to growing up in a different background in Toronto, relates to what it's like being, you know, a young person in the city right now. And a lot of your comedy has to do with that. Was that a big part of you guys coming together and forming this troupe was talking about stuff that really we kind of hadn't seen in Toronto comedy before? I think like a big part of us coming together was from each of our different spheres, as you said, like we're all from different kind of corners of the comedy world um, and the entertainment world. It was feeling like othered, obviously. <laughs> Let's just say it. Uh, feeling feeling um, these barriers in those spaces and and then coming together to say like, oh, what do we want comedy to look like? Like, what is our dream world of like what comedy can look like in Toronto? What are the stories that we want to tell that you know, get squashed by, uh, you know, maybe certain institutions or, or the way things are going. Also, because of COVID, I feel like no one's famous anymore. So it's a perfect yeah. opportunity for us <laughs> to become famous, baby. We are here. Um, so yeah, that's what I have to say about, yeah, what brings us together is like wanting to have our voice be uncensored, I think, in a fun way, in a funny way, in a way that includes people and brings people into our experience. And I, I mean, I think it's, you know, I think you are so representative of, of, again, what this city looks like. And because we are such a comedy factory, it only makes sense that our the performers we're watching and the content we're watching should reflect who we actually are as, as a city in a way that kind of we didn't really see before. I mean, we were talking to Tall Boys about that a few weeks ago as well. I mean, their whole show and before that, just their live sketches were all about that. I mean, they all come from different cultural backgrounds. They all come from very different spheres within the city and they come together and do this material that really audiences hadn't really seen or interacted with before. And I think that's kind of what the face of Toronto comedy is going to be now coming out of all this. Yeah, you know, I think, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, diversity is a word that's overused, but kind of, kind of a refreshing POV. Um, I think that kind of like specific experience kind of bleeds into the everyman kind of like, we really are more alike than we think we are. <laughs> It is true. And I mean, even for audiences, I, you know, we talk about this a lot on the show, but a lot of the stuff we grew up with in Canada watching on comedy television was kind of the usual standups we would see on the festivals and on the galas. Sketch content was really just sort of like, this is for people in the prairies and middle Canada. It was like, you know, no, nothing bad about those things, but it was like, it was Air Force and it was very much the sort of the same audience and the same comics we would see on screen and on stage. So I think now coming out of all this to have comics that can relate to a broad audience, but bring new stories to your material and to the stage that we've never had access to before as a wide audience. And I think that's kind of Toronto's going through this sort of rebirth post COVID in a way where the faces we're seeing on festivals and on stage now are not at all what we we're seeing before. And it's something new and it's something vibrant. Uh, but anyways, we're going to get into, uh, cause I know you have a run of live shows coming up as well. We're going to get into more of what Dawn Valley girls is all about. Some of the material you're tackling 
favorite stages to play on, all that good stuff. We're going to come back with more Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto. Hey, it's Sabres Matras, and you're listening to Inside Jokes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on 640 Toronto. We are talking sketch. Festival and Fringe season is, of course, right around the corner. And again, we're seeing a lot of new comics that have emerged now that we're back to live performing again in a, I hope, post-pandemic world, but we really don't know. Uh, but one of the great new troops that sort of come out of such a strange time in Toronto comedy, Dawn Valley Girls, they're with us right now. And I know, so you have a run of live shows coming up from the 15th to the 24th at the Theater Centre. And one thing I'm curious about is, you know, stand-ups always have their sort of favorite home clubs that they like to perform at or that they record albums at or just favorite rooms that they sort of like to just go and work out new material. For sketch groups, I always feel like sketch groups are sort of always married to a stage where they either form together or where they sort of built an audience it's sort of this incubator thing for you as a troupe I mean you have these shows at the theater center but where did Dawn Valley Girls originate where was sort of a home stage for all of you together uh, it's funny that you asked that because uh we had our very first performance together uh just uh like at the very end of March um uh that was yeah that was the first time we all performed together um and it was at the new comedy bar space uh which was which was a nice um, venue to go and like check out. But I think individually we had each of our um, favorite uh, like venues um, we like or that we um, started doing sketch on. Yeah, you're talking two weeks ago, March. Two weeks ago, March. Yeah, as in all five of us, all five of us. That, that's true. That's true. Actually, good correct. You on tonight? That is including Boda. Sorry. <laughs> well, but yeah, I'm just just making reference. You actually are. There's five members in in the group, but there's four of you on here tonight. Mm-hmm. But the first time you all performed, all five of you, was two weeks ago, March. Yes, that is correct. Oh, we've been writing. We've been writing for like a year. We've been writing for a year. We've been in different iterations for two years throughout the yeah. pandemic. And I would yeah. say been, some of us have performed together in other avenues, like yeah, as two or three, or just we've we've kind of circulate circulated each other. Is that a word? <laughs> <We've> <laughs> circled each other within comedy in the comedy sphere. So we've. We've done stuff together prior to this. Awesome. It's yeah. like the Avengers coming together for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it will be powerful. <laughs> mid, mid COVID, we were talking to the cast, uh, the main stage cast of the Second City about exactly that. They said, you know, because everything was closed, it's such a strange experience because as a sketch troupe, you're you're supposed to be in there in the writer's room together, bouncing ideas around and rehearsing together and, and just being in that space together and honing this stuff. And for them, they said it was such a strange experience because they spent a year on basically Zoom calls, throwing ideas around and rehearsing in that way. And then on opening night, all of a sudden they're, you know, in the green room together as in person for the first time. And five minutes after that, they have to go put it on stage and sort of put this thing out into the world. How strange of an experience was that for all of you to sort of to do that, to, to just sort of bounce ideas around at a remove from each other and then go, OK, now it's live. <laughs> Andy, you haven't said anything. Well, for me, um, I mean, I was really nervous. Uh, it was my first time performing sketchy in a long, really long time. 
I did stand up um, a couple months before, but um, it was so I was really nervous. But once I was on stage, what's uh, what's funny is that I didn't want to leave. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to. Yeah. I, I love loved. <laughs> yeah, 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 just yeah. the uh, the 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 rush of getting laughs from audience was uh, so strong that um, um, we had seven minutes and and I actually the sketch I was in was more like four minutes and 30 seconds. And I, I wanted to be, I wanted to be the whole hour. Yeah. It was, um, <laughs> which it, it was will, just, um, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, it was it just um, a great rush uh, to be on stage. Yeah. Well, and I feel like it's also, and again, because you are sort of, you know, you're, you're representing again, sort of the lands, the actual landscape of the city in your comedy and as performers. And it's also a very interesting time to come back out to live shows as a sketch troupe because you know if we put aside yes the pandemic and now there's this awful war going on there's been a lot of insane stuff happening in the world but aside from all that i mean if just what has changed on a social level all the new conversations that have happened around race gender sexual politics identity all these conversations that sort of you know as sketch performers that's the stuff that normally you take in real time and put on stage and sort of relate to an audience but it's sort of this strange time where it's like i don't know i would imagine you were all sitting there going writing 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 but now there's been like this two-year time warp where all of a sudden you can go in front of an audience and go by the way here's a million things we're going to address <laughs> now in our comedy how much how much did all that stuff that sort of current topical stuff that nobody's had a chance to really tackle in comedy yet is going into this new show i think in a weird way i think i think because we <laughs> we're talking about these social changes but we're like the ones um being discussed <laughs> in these conversations where there's like a fatigue or no i don't want to say that um i just mean i think there's a lot in just living and, and enjoying yourself and talking about what you want to talk about in, in an organic way. And so I think we talk about a lot of things, a lot of social things, but not in a, we need to tackle this now. I, I think yeah. it's, it's a lot more, uh, I don't know. It's, I, I don't know. I, I came in just being like, I just want to have, uh, these are the fun things I want to talk about. <laughs> um, these are the important things I want to talk about. Um, but I had no say agenda. Well, and I mean, I think that is sort of, that's the special thing to me about sketch and improv. That's really sort of the power of it is, you know, stand up, if you address some of these things going on in real time, stand up is sort of at a remove because the audience is there. There's not, there's not so much of a call and response. You, you really just want the audience to sit there, laugh when they're supposed to laugh, <laughs> you know, you address them if it's crowd work and that's kind of it, but there's this sort of remove there. They're supposed to just sit there and absorb. Whereas with sketch and improv, there's really, when you're in that room together, there's this call and response with the audience. You're sort of pulling the audience into what you're doing and rolling with it and reacting with it. It's sort of this organic thing, no matter how written and honed it is for you coming out of a time where you can finally go and be live again and do this new show that you've been honing and working on together how important is that for you to be able to sort of have that interaction and that energy with a live crowd again? I think what Andy was saying, like about after being on Zoom for so long, like we had so much time writing on Zoom, you know, really getting to know each other deeply through this weird, you know, permeation. And then, you know, starting to meet in person, starting to, you know, do all this work. And then this reward of like the audience, we're like, what? Oh, that's what it feels like? I forgot. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, so it, it, it feels that 
uh, show for um, Sketchfest that we had uh, a few weeks ago was just a little taste, I think, of what we're going to get to share with the audience for our live shows in April at the Theatre Centre. It's I feel like we're, it's going to be so many surprises, things that we don't even know we're going to experience. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like but, it's a world of surprises. And you, I, I, I mean, <laughs> it's sort of a, you, you sort of get to play with so many elements. I mean, you do there's music in your comedy, there's, you're coming from improv, you're coming from sketch, you're coming from theater acting. So it's this, and I mean, the, the great thing about live sketch is that it's sort of this very sort of celebratory thing. It's like, it's like an event. Whereas, you know, in standup, it's sort of, again, it's like, you're the audience, I'm the comic, listen to me for 40 minutes. <laughs> That's it. But with, and I mean, I think Sorare hit it so well on the head that, you know, after two years of us sort of, on social media, absorbing all this stuff and such a terrible news cycle and all this, I think it's so important now for people to be able to come out again to a live show like this and just sort of decompress and be able to experience something like this again after being isolated and you know reading so many terrible things and being sort of stuck in this bizarre time period to just be able to go out and watch a show like this and sort of let it all loose again and just enjoy live sketch in that way again is so important and timely right now. I think that's yeah. why Andy said, you know, once you get back on stage, you never want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be living mm -hmm. at the theater center. Yeah. And yeah. Like we, also, we also wanted to include like fold in our, you know, for me personally, like folding in that political, um, like that charge that like I, for all of us has been just like building up and building up and building up over this. And in such a strange time with isolation, it's like, folding in that political um, POV amongst this celebration, like you said, like having both things exist, I think is mm -hmm. important. Yeah. yeah, and I think like at the end of the day, like I think our sketch show is really just an expression of like what makes us us and like the things that we specifically like wanna talk about and packaging it in a way that like we wanna talk about it. Cause like, I think in the past, like you know, whether it's like stand up or sketch or whatever medium, it's like that the experience, for example, that we have with like immigrant parents, like, you know, like, I think we've all seen it done in a certain way. And we're like, we're like, okay, like, how can we bring a more nuanced take to it that feels more real and a true to our experiences. So I think those are some of the things we really want to be exploring and talking through this show. Yeah. And I think it's, I think too, like now that we are coming into, you know, this this spring and this summer, we are finally coming back to, you know, the time of year where we have the fringe and we have Sketchfest and all this stuff finally coming back to the city. We hope in a full, in a full way after two years of not being able to do that. It almost feels like Toronto is sort of going to have a sketch renaissance in a way too, because again, we've seen so many of the comics who were sort of at, you know, the top of the crop and stand up in this city have left and moved on but now in the last few years and i mean even pre-covid i mean we are seeing troops such as yourselves that have formed during all this we're seeing new stuff on television that's been green light we've seen baroness tall boys and a lot of this sketch stuff and it feels like toronto is sort of coming back as a very sketch and improv centric comedy city again in a way yeah it's definitely reviving um slowly but surely <laughs> <laughs> slow <laughs> but it, yeah it does feel like people are kind of like awakening a little bit all the creatives are getting back into scene and stuff and we've had I mean bad dog theater was always another you know that was a great place for sketch and improv which unfortunately is no longer there but now we have two comedy bars so I mean it's where do you all see by the way now that we are coming back from all this where do you all see 
festival what do you see festival season looking like this year because it looks like it really is around the corner and it should be a thing again i fingers crossed yeah like i I, it feels like it's going to be like robust and we're kind of like moving towards like uh like fully reopening like uh, we have this uh run at the theater center and then we're we're also going to be doing toronto fringe and so it's just it's kind of like things are just picking up back to where it felt like things were like two years ago but with a changed landscape which is going to be really I think interesting to to navigate yeah it'll be exciting it'll almost be like this showcase for audiences to go oh wow these are all these performers that have come out the other side of this that we've never been introduced to before Toronto Pride is also coming back and um and we also have a show on Toronto Pride um so it's like more um more like uh, live uh, live audience oriented shows um, that like just coming like all back and and that's I I don't know I feel like um it could be a, a little overwhelming to like people now yeah I don't know what you think of it yeah basically everything mm-hmm. is coming back in Toronto and mm-hmm. at all of the things Dawn Valley girls will be there. coming back and Don Valley mm. girls will be there no I think it'll be so exciting for audiences to go oh wow okay some some great stuff did during ha- did happen during all this and for us to jump back into that uh before we let you go because we could go all day about this um I guess I'll throw it to Fatima on this one so yes where can we find Don Valley girls online uh get access to that live run of shows coming back um follow your social all that good stuff Oh my gosh, do I know the handle? Uh, oh yeah, uh, Don Valley Girls Comedy on Instagram. Um, you can find uh, tickets to our show on Why Not Theater's website under Don Valley Girls. Um, and yeah, follow us on Instagram, uh, Don Valley Girls Comedy. And of course, catch you live coming up at the Theater Center. And so excited to see that live run of shows, but also all the stuff that you get up to as a troupe, again, with festival season and all that right around the corner. And again, I think Toronto's, we're heading into another sketch boom again, which, oh boy, do we need live comedy so bad right now. Uh, Thank you all so much for joining us. I know we're down one, but thank you to the Dawn Valley Girls. Catch those live shows coming up at the Theater Center. Follow them at Dawn Valley Girls on social media and watch them live. Live sketch is a thing again, and it is so badly needed right now. <laughs> Thank you so much to our panel. Thank you so much, Dawn Valley Girls. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you so much. Mona, who yeah. couldn't be here, too. Yeah. 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 We miss you, Mona. We love you. Shout out to Mona. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll catch those live shows coming up at the Theatre Center. We're going to come back with more inside jokes and our upcoming special guest, Charlie Demers, right here on 640 Toronto. Hi, I'm Zoe Brownstone, and you're listening to Inside Jokes in Your Ear Holes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on 640 Toronto, and of course, coast to coast, Canada-wide on the Global News Radio Network, brought to you by our good friends at Hakeem Optical because the world is stuck in 2020 and now your vision can be too. I'm never (laughs) letting go of that plug because apparently the world's going to just keep staying terrible anyways. But again, on the bright side, live comedy's back. 
festivals are coming around the corner all over Canada. Thank you again to the Dawn Valley Girls. Don't forget to catch them live here in Toronto at the Theatre Centre and at upcoming Fringe and Sketch Fest this summer. But now we're going across to the West Coast. We're going back over to the land of stand-up. Out in Vancouver, we have Charlie Demers joining us now. How are you doing, man? Uh, very well. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me. I, so you're, you, you have an interesting background as a comic because, yeah, you're a Vancouver-based comic, which we've talked a lot on the last couple of years about how much that scene has really come into its own and blossomed into, you know, it's not all about yeah. just going to Toronto anymore. I mean, in Vancouver, you have a very distinct flavor to your stand-up. You've really sort of discovered your own comedy identity out there. Nonstop comedy albums coming out of that city. I mean, we talk all the time about 604 Records and our friends yeah. that be here often. It's really become quite a burgeoning scene out there which we had Ivan Decker and Simon King on a few weeks ago and they said yes that's true but it didn't just happen overnight they're like this has been decades in the making really yeah I mean well when I so when I started comedy um you know it'll be 18 years ago this summer uh it was an interesting time in the life of the scene in the city um the the sort of son of the scene the the, the sort of uh the sort of greatest figure of vancouver stand-up uh brent butt who you know of course came from the prairies but uh you know really his his comedy career uh after some years in in toronto a little bit of time in la uh you know has mostly been out here on the west coast uh, yeah. you know, uh and and was for many years running a famous uh independent room in town at a restaurant called the Urban Well, uh, which, like everything else in uh, Vancouver, is now a sushi restaurant. Um, <laughs> they're, uh, they're, you're allowed to become two things in Vancouver. You can either become condos or a sushi restaurant. Those are the two uh, legal, and uh, the Urban Well became a sushi restaurant. But um, for a while, it was one of these uh, great rooms. Robin Williams used to do it when he was in town. Um, so when I started was just after uh, Brent had gotten corner gas and uh, you know, had, had just sort of um, gone on a kind of hiatus of, of, of regular standup. Yeah. Um, Zach Galifianakis was in town. Uh, he was filming some, I think it was called true calling. It was a show uh, I think on Fox. Uh, so Zach Galifianakis was, doing a lot of stand-up in town, you know, the, my second ever show uh, on stage, uh, Zach Galifianakis was on the bill. And so you, you get to watch these people um, just, and just sort of learn from them. Um, and, and, and there was just this, this incredible scene of people, uh, you know, a lot of whom, um, you know, close to 20 years later are, are, are these names who, you know, you know Erica Sigurdsson, Graham Clark, uh, Ivan Decker, uh, you know, people who you um, or, or or people like Paul Bay who aren't doing stand up comedy anymore, but but making these um, podcasts, writing for Hollywood. Uh, so this this really kind of incredible scene um, these days, you know, we've sort of fallen on hard times in the sense that there's not one purpose built uh, comedy club in Vancouver anymore. There's no yuck yucks. There's no, um, the comedy mix, which was the club I was affiliated with, has been gone for a few years now. And so um, what we have is this kind of incredible scene of independent rooms run by young comics. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's really inspiring the way it's, they've been able to keep, keep the head of steam up um, 
and 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 even through the pandemic that that hasn't uh, been killed has, has been uh, just kind of a real you know not to be corny about it but just a, a, a like a, a testament of hope I mean it, it's to be able to have something to come back to um, and and it's, it's just been heartwarming it, it really is I mean you you definitely hit it on the head there because you know, in Toronto, it was always sort of, and we were talking about this earlier in the show, but Toronto was sort of, this is where you'd come to, you know, showcase for the couple of club chains that we have in this country, showcase for the festivals, get your visa, whatever. And that was kind of it. You look at the comics that, as you said, have sort of stayed in Vancouver and built the scene there. Now you look at all the stuff that is happening. It's all independent shows. It's independent record labels. It's podcasts with massive followings. And this was just really, like you said, the sort of household name comics there that have stuck it out. And just, it's not, the interesting thing about Vancouver is it's not, quote unquote, a gatekeeper city. It's a self-built comedy city. I think that's a great way to, a great way of putting it. I mean, the, the other thing that we were really lucky about was that um, the, the debaters um, which, you know, has, you know, over the course of its run become uh, the biggest comedy show on CBC radio, uh, you know, was, was created um, out here. Um, You know, it was the the first show ever was at the Winnipeg comedy festival, but um, Richard side, the the creator uh, was a a fixture of the improv scene out here lives out in, in North Vancouver. And that was also a big boon to the scene as well. Absolutely. And I mean, I want to pick your brain also, by the way, on this, uh, when we come back from from break on your new album, because as you said, I mean, you've been at this almost 20 years. And we're kind of in this strange time now where comics, you know, there's a there's a divided opinion, a lot of comics go, nope, you got to be on the road for 15, 20 years before you think about an album. But also, we live in the age now where everything is, you know, you can pump this content out digitally, it's very easy to do yourself. There's comics that, that come out a year later and they go here's my first album so i mean i'm interested to hear what sort of how much of a departure this second album is for you and sort of where you're at right now in your career and of course coming out yeah. of the strange time that we've emerged from so we're gonna Absolutely. come back with more charlie demers uh where we can find this album what that's all about uh out of vancouver we're gonna come back with more inside jokes right here on 640 toronto Hi, my name is Amanda Day, and you are listening to Inside Jokes on 640. Welcome back to Inside Jokes right here on 640 Toronto and, of course, Canada-wide on the Global News Radio Network. We are out in Vancouver with comedian Charlie Demers, who has a follow-up album, a second album out now. So, Charlie, what's this album called? What's this all about? I mean, as you were saying before the break... You've been at this two decades now. You've watched Vancouver blossom into the scene it is today. I mean, you've you've experienced all, I'm sure, the ups and downs and pitfalls of yeah. comedy. And I mean, you you do delve into the politics and and you know social commentary quite a bit in your in your comedy. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. this is a very ripe time in the world to tackle things as they happen. So, how much of a different animal is is this second album for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, so the, the first album came out in 2017 from uh, 604 Records. Uh, it was called Fatherland, and, and it was uh, the, the, the basic theme of that album was kind of that it was going to be half about uh, me being a new dad and half about this sort of uh, rising tide of fascism around the, around <laughs> yeah. the world. And, and um, so uh, this album is, uh, you know, it's definitely, it's very much a post-pandemic album in the sense that um, it was recorded 
uh, during a, a the, the album is called I Hope I Don't Remember This My Whole Life. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and the, it's, a, it's a quote from my uh, from my daughter and, and uh, it, it comes up on, on the album. Um, uh, and and uh, it was recorded during this tiny little window in, in BC last fall where we could have full capacity audiences, this little kind of magical, in between time that, that was very short lived, and it was it was my my and the venue's first um, full capacity sold out crowd since March 2020. Yeah. Uh, so it was the night before Halloween, uh, 2021, and um, you know it it's it's I think it's I mean I'm very proud of the the album. I I think it's it it really captured you know where I was at, where the audience was at. Uh, it, it is kind of, if it's, if it's less political, it's because I think I'm, it's, it's not that I'm not talking about politics, but I think we're, we've all been, as you say, talking about politics so much. Yeah. Um, and I was, I, I always did that as a comedian. Um, you know, my, my comedy now, which I taped in 2010, you know, has, you know, jokes about uh, you know, the Palestinians, uh, you know, th th this has always been in, in my comedy. But as you say, now, now that it's sort of in everybody's comedy, uh, you, you either have to figure out a new way to do it or, or a new way of talking about um, what, what you've always talked about. And, and I think this album is m more about just what, what it feels like to be a human being in this sort of world of just absolutely saturated uh, you know, intensity and, and, and just new, new things that come at you every day and feel bigger than the last one. And, um, you know, I think it's, yeah, I think it's a little bit cathartic. Um, it was certainly cathartic for me. And, um, you know, it just, you can, you can feel it in the, in the, in the response to the audience that night, there's just kind of a, a, a warmth, that feeling of, of just, after after two years, you know that we could come together again, be in each other's company, uh, share some laughs about some very silly stuff, or um, get to be silly about some very serious stuff. Um, was a real reminder of just you know why we do this and and how how beautiful it can be to be a comedian. Which, by the way, I mean, you know, everybody always talks about how comics are sort of natural born <laughs> cynics. But what we've also been reminded of is just how damn resilient comedians are, especially yeah. Canadian comedians. Because, I mean, even if the pandemic never happened, we're in a very small industry where it's, you know, everybody's going after a sort of limited pool of stuff. For you as a comic and, you know, because great comedy is all about sort of taking these things and taking the sting out of them and, and being able to find the funny. For you, just as a human being after all this and as a comedian... Do you have a, a sense of optimism about where the world's going next? Do you think there's sort of a silver lining coming up? You know what? I actually do have, have a, 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 a real feeling of hope. Uh, but for me, almost all of that hope is anchored in face-to-face -face, um, interaction of, of getting back into places with other people Um doing things that aren't mediated by screens um, uh, and, and, and just getting, getting back into um, getting back into rooms where you can, you can see other people laughing. You, you, you can hear them. You can, you can share an experience with them. 
I mean, that's what comedy does. It does exactly the opposite of what the internet does, which is that it just allows you to sit in a group with other people where you're in the dark, the comedian's in the light. Um, you can laugh at all the little hypocrisies of, uh, that, that you pile up every day and sort of acknowledge, you know, your flawed humanity, everyone else's flawed humanity. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, what could be more different from the general spirit of the internet uh, at present than that? I, I think it's so true. And I think you found something there that a lot of people haven't really realized is that we were we were living in this age of such sort of separation and distance and self-focused. I think coming out of this, we, the, the, the one positive is going to be that we're all going to go, okay, we went through this communal thing mm -hmm. as a species and as a planet. And again, be, you know, taking stock in that actual face-to-face -face contact and that sense of community again, I think there's something really to be said for that. And I think that is going to be the saving grace here. Uh, Charlie Demers, thank you so much for joining us. But before we let you go, where can we find you online? And of course, where can people get this follow-up album? Yeah, thank you. Well, the album is uh, streaming wherever you get your music or comedy. So, uh, you know, the the Spotify's, the um, Apple Music's, the the everywhere. There's a there's a bunch of apps that I have never heard of where it's available. <laughs> so uh, that's always a good sign as well. Um, and uh, people can uh, keep people can follow my writing at uh, charliedemares.substack.com. And uh, they can see me and my beautiful family on Instagram uh, at uh, Charlie Demers as well. There we go. Thank you so much. And of course, uh, we're going to play a little uh, clip of this album and give people a taste. But Charlie, Thank just you. glad to hear you out there recording again and, and live shows happening again. And of course, just how much Vancouver comedy is absolutely booming right now. Thank you so much for joining us, Charlie. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. And don't forget for our audience. Thank you again to the Dawn Valley Girls live here in Toronto and, of course, Charlie Demers out in Vancouver with a brand new album. And don't forget, you can listen to all of our episodes right back to the beginning on Global News Online. That's our show. We'll be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week's Comedy Rx is Charlie Demers, and he'll be live at the Comedy Bar April 15th. You don't want to miss this. As a human beings, we have this totally... Uh, 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 arbitrary hierarchy of there are some animals that we love, there's some animals that we hate, there's some animals we feel nothing for, and there are no rules. There are no rules. Like, we love dogs. Like, we love dogs inordinately. Like, we love dogs so much that we bring them into our homes, into our family. We give dogs names in our languages. We give dogs gifts on days of cultural significance <laughs> to us. Do you understand that? I gave my dog a squeaky toy on Christmas last year. Think about what that, that Luna, this is for you. This is for the Messiah. <laughs>